everyone and welcome back to the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here at Android Central and I am joined. Well, actually, before I introduce my friends who are on the the podcast, if you're listening, I got some really, really kind, constructive criticism um, from someone on Twitter saying that I sound like all the previous podcasts that I've spoken on. I sound like I'm broadcasting from the toilet, which I can assure you I'm not. (laughs) But but I feel like, you know, as a tech site and a host of this podcast that I love hosting so much uh, for, um, I should figure out my setup. So I am currently using a different setup and hopefully it sounds good. So thank you for the person who gave me that lovely criticism. I appreciate it. I will do my best. And on that note, I... (laughs) I'm going to introduce my lovely friends, Nick Cetric. Hi, Nick. Hey, hey. I've got Derek Lee. Hello, hello. Happy to be back. And I've got Michael Hicks. Hi. Hello. Okay, we've got so much to talk about. Um, and, and really, it's it's surrounded two specific topics. Um, obviously, Apple and then Motorola. Uh, so... I'm going to start off with the elephant in the room, which is Apple. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's the thing that was the biggest thing that happened this week. WWDC um, happened earlier this week. And, you know, there was a, a lot of stuff that came out of it ish. You know, one can question whether it was really a lot or not. But of course, the thing that we were all anticipating, and I think, um, you know, Michael, you jumped on really quickly with this, was um, the new Apple Vision Pro XR headset. Um, I'm going to give a, a I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to start off. I, I know, Michael, you said maybe end, the, end this segment with asking this question, but I'm actually going to start the segment with asking this question because we're going to we're going to be talking about this for a good 30 to 40 minutes. Um, and people are probably going to be wondering, like, why are these guys, you know, an Android website talking about an Apple product? Like, why are we listening to this? So I actually I'm going to start off the, the podcast by asking the question, why should someone with an Android device or Android product even be paying attention um, to what we have to talk about right now? And, and anyone can jump in who wants to start off. I can start off. Um, I think. There's a couple of things. There's points for and against it. Um, Because the Vision Pro is definitely designed for people within the Apple walled garden. They're expecting you to connect it to a MacBook and use it as a super upscale, overpriced display for it. Uh, You're going to get your iPhone and iPad notifications on it. You're going to see iPad apps, so if you buy apps from the App Store, you'll be able to use them in the headset. So obviously, yeah, it's Apple wants people to use it, it's super users to use it. There's still reason to pay attention to it for a couple of reasons. And one is that I guarantee you that Google and Samsung are paying very close attention to it, and they are making their own XR mixed reality headset that may or may not be very similar to the Vision Pro. We don't know yet how expensive it's going to be, if it's going to be more focused on gaming or productivity, but they are going to use that as a template. I've spoken to analysts who have said this, that they are going to just make a version that is more accessible from a price point, that is going to be open source instead of being stuck in Apple's ecosystem, and so it might be more tempting to Android users. But if you look at the Vision Pro, you're seeing what Google and Samsung are thinking people might want to use with their own software. And so it's an important question to think about, you know, these tech companies want us to start using mixed reality more to even work in it as opposed to a laptop. And the question is, are people going to buy into that? The first example of that was the Quest Pro but it had its problems and didn't take off and it was too expensive for people. So, you know, I I think it is an important discussion because tech companies want to make this happen. And even if you think, oh, I don't care about the Vision Pro, it's absurdly expensive. You know, we don't know how expensive Google will make theirs. And if they make theirs even a thousand dollars cheaper, 
it still might be overpriced. There's just a lot to discuss there. Yeah, and I'm glad that you started off by by speaking about that. So I'm going to give a really quick overview of what this um, new device from Apple is. So obviously at WWDC, um, Apple announced the Vision Pro XR headset, which is a premium pro 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 pro. How do you say that? Prosumer, prosumer, prosumer. Yeah, prosumer prosumer device with Apple software built in. The headset will use mixed reality technology, enabling both virtual and augmented reality applications. Apple Apple patented 5,000 technological ideas to create the Vision Pro. The VR headset will use an R1 silicon chip, a lightweight aluminum design, a wired external battery, which you'll also wear on your wrist um, and or in your pocket, and 3D apps. Um, Optic ID will use biometric data from your eyes to protect purchases. Apps won't be able to detect where you look or what your surroundings look like in order to preserve privacy. The Apple Vision Pro will launch early next year, um, 2024, for $3,499 US dollars. So that is your overview of this insanely expensive um, XR headset. And I want to jump right into the the three editorials that we wrote towards this, because I think they were very, very good. And uh, Nick, you wrote two of them. Um, you were a beast, a machine. Your first article, which was published yesterday, titled Apple's Vision Pro is proof that Meta's quest was right this entire time. I don't want to get through it. Talk us through why you think this is the case. Tell me, tell me what your thoughts are here. So the gist of it is that over the past few years, there's been a lot of uh, just a lot of people saying that Meta is spending money on something that doesn't make sense, right? Uh, AR, VR, Metaverse, wh- whatever, whatever topic we're talking about. The whole point was that the money that Meta has spent, and I don't know if the amount was correct. But the actual research that they've done is the way that the industry is pushing forward. And Apple's uh, device, when they announced it, there was really nothing new per se at the announcement, right? All the stuff we saw was stuff that we've been doing in VR for years. We've been sitting on a couch watching a movie on a giant virtual screen. We have 2D apps that we can you know, use as multiple monitors in virtual space. Like these concepts that we saw from Apple are not new. Even the even the like semi-photorealistic avatar that you get uh, when you're doing FaceTime on this thing is something that Meta showed off uh, from its R&D labs uh, two, three years ago. And, you know, what they showed off actually looks better than what Apple's version is. But I guess the, the, the gist of it here is that while Meta has done a lot of really good and important research, and it, the Quest itself has helped push a lot of these technologies to the forefront. Like a lot of things we see from companies, Apple is doing it better. <laughs> they they come in later, they do it better, right? Well, like it's, yeah, I was, I was gonna ask, like, do you think them coming in later helped them and, and almost, I mean, we can always argue that that has helped Apple succeed in so many of its products and even software we know that you know whenever apple announces something they always make it seem like oh they they're the first to launch or they're the first to create something like this but everyone else knows that google did it first or android did it first or samsung did it first in this case meta did it first but do we think that this is going to be an advantage for apple and do we think that apple will get it right um in its future iterations. Yes, because I think they got it right in this iteration. And that's that's sort of how it goes. And I, I know I've had a lot of people that have commented and seem to have missed the entire point of this article. Uh, Wait, what, what, do you, what are they saying? What are some people saying? They, they're just talking about how, you know, oh, uh, Meta's effectively a cheap imitation of this, right? Which, I mean, I guess in a way sort of is like I, I don't know I, well I- imitation would mean that that app that meta copied apple right and it's, apple it's, was not, the first. it's not the right word to use but they're just saying like oh this is the this is the garbage version of it you want to buy the right. apple product to get the real version the and bootleg that, what oh it's you know meta's the bootleg version right, right. Ex- exactly right. that's what i'm saying right. so that 
That's also not fair because what Apple's doing here with its headset is focusing on a very small niche portion of this experience, right? So they didn't call it AR, they didn't call it VR, they called it a spatial computing device, Mm -hmm. which the reason they're avoiding a lot of these other terms is because they're not doing as much as the Quest. They're not doing as much as some other products. Is it that they aren't doing or they don't know (laughs) what they're doing? (laughs) I think it's that they're specifically not doing it yet because they're not ready. And that all kind of ties into, I guess, sort of the Apple experience up to now, right? Like when the iPhone came out, and I use this example to somebody on Twitter, when the iPhone came out, you couldn't even record video from the thing. Like some of the things we consider the most basic components of a smartphone, the iPhone couldn't do for three years. It didn't even have an app store, right? But they nailed the basic experience, right? When you touch the screen, it works. Unlike so many other smartphones before it where you touch the screen and the experience is janky crap, right? Okay. Like that's what they do well when they do these first generation products is they take this very small subset of the experience and they perfect it. Mm -hmm. And that's what they've done here is they've taken this very small subset of the AR, VR, whatever experience and they've essentially perfected it because every single hands-on I've read is that usual Apple mantra of it just works and people put it on and they use it and they go, yeah, what I'm doing in here works basically every time I do it and every transition is smooth and the thing looks good and it's very well polished and that's what you're going to get when you buy into this, right? Do you think, do you think that, um, so you made a point that I I thought was interesting where Apple took one very, very small point or, or idea that Meta has been working on or whatever, and they seemingly have quote unquote perfected it. And I say quote unquote, because none of us have tried it out yet. You haven't tried it out yet, but seemingly have quote unquote perfected that one small thing. Are you trying to tell me that once they've perfected this, they're going to go on to the next small thing, which could be gaming or the next small thing, which could be whatever. And then in the next like three or four years, we'll basically come out with the most perfect XR headset? Absolutely, because we've seen it done with the iPhone, right? Over the years, how many times does WDC roll around and they announce something and, you know, most of us Android people are like, I've been doing that for eight years. You know, like We have this conversation every single year, but typically when they do it, they do it well. It's, it's even, even like with FaceTime. FaceTime was not the original video calling thing. Yeah. It wasn't even close, but it did it really well because you don't have to download an app. You don't have to go through a setup process. You just press the camera button on your phone yeah. and yeah. you're now looking at the person you're talking to instead of just talking to him. Right. It's it's that kind of ease. And that also works into their walled garden approach. Right. When mm-hmm. when they can control every single aspect of this experience, there's no question marks in the air, whereas a lot of the way Meta has been doing it is Meta has been throwing everything in the kitchen sink at this and seeing what sticks. And half the time things are, yeah, they don't work right. They're kind of janky. They're buggy. And a lot of us enthusiasts put up with it because we like the latest and greatest. And we like to, to play with the new toys and see the stuff that's still 10 years out from most people experiencing it. Right. Derek, you were going to say something. Um, I was just going to say how... I don't know. I kind of find it interesting, I guess, that people are saying that this is like the bootleg or that meta met the meta quest is like the bootleg version of, you know, the Vision Pro, because the whole time I was watching the presentation, I couldn't help but think about HoloLens um, because it seems like this is just like another iteration of that, but just with Apple slapped on everything and that kind of Apple polish. But also, like, kind of how you're saying where Apple is focusing on, like, a subset of features for this um, this device. I feel like, and I can't really remember, I have to, like, really go back and watch, like, the demos. And I don't, is HoloLens still even a thing? I don't think so, but... Y- yes, sw- no, kind of. Yeah, I feel like it could do a lot more than what Apple showed off. Am I, am I wrong? HoloLens is falling apart. They tried to make it focus more on enterprise and military applications, but it didn't pan out the way that it should have. And I think a lot of people left or were fired. I don't know if anything's Right. And, and that's interesting, too, because, like, isn't Meta for the Quest and Apple for this also kind of focusing on enterprise and, like, 
you know, doing work from home and all that. Like, this doesn't seem like either of these products, at least the Quest Pro particularly, are geared towards consumers. So, um, I don't know. I find it interesting how, like, Microsoft kind of dropped the ball on what was such an interesting product. And now we see Meta and Apple kind of doing the same thing. But at least in Apple's case, it seems like to a lesser extent. Like, I... And, and again, I have to go back and like really watch the like the um, presentations and the demos, but it, it really seemed like Microsoft, like with the HoloLens, could really do a, like so much more than what Apple's showing off. Yes, and, and I think that ties into what I was saying before, right? Like Meta and Microsoft and a lot of these companies that have tried this so far have tried to do a lot with effectively very little, right? The hardware was not there, and the concepts that they came up with were... Uh, I don't want to say half-baked because that that's not the picture I want to paint. But they could only work at half the capacity that they originally were designed to work because the, the hardware couldn't deliver that experience. Um, and yeah, like Mixed Reality Toolkit is something that Microsoft has had around for a while. And, and a lot of the 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 basics around designing for what Apple is calling spatial interfaces are part of the mixed reality toolkit like we again we've seen sort of all of this stuff from these companies before it's really just down to the execution right and i know okay. so i actually yeah, i'm gonna go I'm, in terms of that execution i want to actually bring up your second article because it, i feel like this kind of ties into what you're talking about which is you know apple pinpointing one specific thing that um and, and really has gotten it right and so your second article is titled Apple is right about hand tracking in VR and the Quest game proves this. And this Quest game proves it. Excuse me. Um, hand tracking is something that you've talked about a lot. Um, Andrew, or sorry, not Andrew, Nick and Michael, both of you, you both have spoken about um, hand tracking quite a bit. Before we get into this article and how, how uh, uh, Nick, how you think Apple did it right, can you explain to the listeners what exactly hand tracking is sure so the apple vision pro does not ship with controllers at all um, instead it uses the cameras on the headset to see your hands and then it uses a blend of ai and some other you know background tricks to understand what your fingers are where they are and you know what they mean when you touch them together essentially right so on the vision pro the way you navigate is you look at something on the UI. So let's say it's a grid of icons that are apps. You would look at the app that you want to launch and all you would do is pinch your fingers together. You don't have to point at it with your hand. You don't have to hold your arm out or nothing like that. If you just keep your hands in your lap and you're looking at this thing, you tap your you know, index finger and your thumb together or whatever and that- So it kind of looks like you're a sorcerer creating spells. Right, and, and like you can pinch to zoom in your lap. And like sure. you, a lot of the, the elegance that comes from Apple's UI here is that it's not fatiguing. So you're not holding your arms up and out and things like that that get old after a while. And, so how did Apple get it right? Right, so uh, that that's part of it, okay, that it's not based on you having to hold your arms out, try to point at something with a laser pointer because in VR a common UI issue is everything's a laser pointer so like if, if you ever used a Wii you know how you point at the TV with your remote and you're pointing mm -hmm. a laser pointer at something and that's how you select things I would say most of the time in VR when you're selecting stuff in the menu your controller becomes a laser pointer or your hand becomes a laser pointer and you're always like pointing at the thing to try to select it and it's 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 annoying and it feels dumb okay <laughs> and the way apple came up with this where it's a mix of your eyes versus you know your eyes plus your hand movements makes it feel much more natural and this quest game that i featured in particular um uses hand tracking in a way that actually works and i know that was my concern going into this is like a lot of the hand tracking experiences i have used up until now have been pretty crappy. Uh, it'll work sometimes, it doesn't work other times. It's very inconsistent. And I think that consistency is really where Apple nailed that experience. And it, at least just playing this one game on the Quest made me confident that what Apple showed off, plus the fact that this game works on 
effectively inferior hardware, means that games on the Apple Vision Pro are going to be great. And, okay, but yeah. are we going to get games on the Apple Vision? Like, it doesn't. It didn't seem like that was the goal as of now for Apple. Yeah, and good I, question. <laughs> it, right. So Apple did not show off any games during the presentation, but if you pause through some of those, you know, montage segments they had, there were actually a few menus that showed Fruit Ninja on there. It showed Rec Room, which Rec Room, if you have not played or heard of it, is uh, sort of like a virtual hangout place that you can go and play games with other people. Uh, maybe a bit like Roblox or something like that. I feel like, like a lot that. of people played that during the pandemic. Yeah, it, it got super, super popular during the pandemic. It started off on VR. You can play it on smartphones now. So it's going to be on this thing that was already confirmed. They even showed a video of it uh, after the fact, uh, you know, this running on the headset. Um, so we are going to get some, and I expect more announcements as we go because the Vision Pro supports Unreal Engine. It supports Unity. It supports the big gaming engines that 90% of games today are made on. Um, so it's really just a matter of time, even if Apple is not making that the focus of this thing. So I will say, um, and I think we all kind of expected it, that like Apple announcing this is, is really, um, it's bringing in like a whole different like group of people, like making a whole new section of people interested in, you know, XR, mixed reality, you know, whatever they yep. want to call it. Um, because, like, right after the event, I have a friend who actually works for Apple, um, but he, uh, um, you know, this whole thing was new to him as well. And, you know, he asked me my opinions of, about it, and I, and I wanted to hear what he want, what he thought about it. And he's like, well, you know, I like the idea of not being bound to a screen for displaying content. That sounds really cool. And I'm like, well, you realize we have devices that already do this and he's like yes but they don't run the workspace with apple's ui they aren't integrated with apple's content and they're yep. more enthusiast focused for or gaming focused and i'm like well you know it's a 3500 dollars product that sounds very enthusiast focused to me yeah. and he's like <laughs> and he's like well i'm what you know <clears throat> He's like, I'm wondering about quality and user experience and how this headset would perform in that regard, as it's bound to be above what we've seen thus far with other devices that you're mentioning. Um, right, it is. But but you said something very, very um, important just now, Derek, which is <clears throat> this is going to open up the, the, the vision for so many more people. Is it really, or is it is it just going to open up the vision of people who use Apple products? Well, well, no, that's what I mean. Like, and I feel like people who use the Apple products didn't like, you know, like my friend here, who he didn't care about any of this. He wasn't really aware of like the Quest and all these other products until this came out. Like, like now, I feel like you know, like Apple people are going to start caring about it, which I think we all kind of expected. And that's usually, yeah, I feel like that's sure. usually the yeah. case. Yeah. And to I'm, his point, um, the Vision Pro has an M2 chipset in it, which is the same thing that runs in all the MacBooks and all that stuff, right? So this is like a desktop or a laptop level chip, okay? Now, they didn't talk about performance at this, so we don't know how throttled this thing is. I highly, highly doubt it runs at the same performance as a MacBook Pro. I, I think that's... A little far to, to say and I know some people have said that oh this is this is a laptop on your face I mean yeah it is but it's not going to be as fast as your MacBook Pro it doesn't have the physical cooling space that a, a laptop has it's a MacBook um, Air on your face right yeah <laughs> I was gonna it say, might it's be a more Air. like a MacBook Air exactly <laughs> which is fine it's fast and um you know when the Quest 3 comes out this fall it's going to have a chip that's based on the chip that's in current premium smartphones. But the difference there is a VR headset has a fan in it, whereas a smartphone does not. So you take the performance that's in this year's smartphones, which is actually really good. This is the best chip Qualcomm has made, honestly, in probably a decade. And then you add a fan to that, which means it can run faster, it can run more consistently. And I think we're going to see a, a performance difference that's not at the level as we typically see between like a uh, Quest 2 and, I don't know, any laptop that has that level chip, right? 
this is not going to be a massive performance golf that some people are saying it is. I, I hopefully I don't eat crow there, but based on what we know right now, it doesn't seem like it. So a lot of it is down to the ecosystem. Apple's ecosystem is pretty untouchable and the ability to get developers to actually put apps on this thing. And that is where Meta has really struggled on the like prosumer end of things, right? Like when it launched Quest Pro, they were like, oh, there's going to be all these apps on it. Well, we've got, what did you say, Michael? Like four PWAs? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's really not great. Right. And and like even at the the Apple unveiling of this, they showed off Microsoft apps. And, and Meta did that six months ago or eight months ago actually now, and we still don't have those Microsoft apps, right? So like, again, same concepts that Meta has been pushing for years, but Apple's just doing the ones they do better. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. But actually, this is a really nice seg- segue to to Michael's article. Um, and also full circle to what, what we started this conversation out with, which is why should the Android ecosystem care? And it is Michael's article. <laughs> point, point blank clear, it is Michael's article. So um, his article is titled, The Apple Vision Pro is a rare opportunity for Google, Samsung, and the Quest 3. Um, and it is, right? Uh, I, I want you to talk to us about this, Michael, because, but when I, you know, very glanced through this very quickly um, because he, for those listening, he submitted this article like literally 20 minutes before the podcast. That's just how I do things. <laughs> and then he was like, we should talk about this. And I was like, uh, okay, sure, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but no, I'm glad we are because it, this is, it's a full circle thing. But this kind of reminds me of Google um, announcing the Pixel Fold um, because we all know that it's not going to be the, the the phone that um, breaks the industry in terms of becoming the most popular foldable device. It's not going to overtake Samsung, which is the number two um, OEM after Apple. Um, but what it will do is it will challenge companies like Apple, Xiaomi, um, Motorola, companies who are creating foldable devices to to get to their next level, to get to the best level. And I think, Michael, from taking like a 30 second glance of your article, I think that's what your, your article is insinuating. Why don't you why don't you walk us through this? OK, so I spoke to a couple of VR analysts or people who actually work in the VR space and. Well, first off, when it comes to this stuff with Meta, I think Nick is right. The most important thing with Meta is just one execution of being able to offer a complete ecosystem. The kind of thing that Derek's friend wants is difficult for Meta because they don't have their own productivity apps. and They don't have their own app store to leverage where they can say, you know, if you want to get on our good side, make stuff specifically for VR to go on our um, on our new platform and we can, you know, give your apps a little boost in the app store, whatever, you know, quid pro quo is happening with Apple and would happen with Google and Samsung if they did um, their own mixed reality headset. Meta can't do that. But the other important thing that one of the analysts told me is essentially Meta doesn't have Apple's sort of reputation and is not in the, the good graces of consumers. Uh, he, he said, um, Meta's fatal flaw will always be that it lacks the user love and goodwill that Apple has. And so, you know, Apple can charge $3,500 and people will say, oh, it's kind of like the same price as an expensive MacBook Pro. And Apple knows what it's doing and it has this great total ecosystem and it's all going to work out. Meta doesn't have that same leeway. So it can sell something for $1,500 and it's overpriced and they have to lower the price by $500. And so Meta can already, like Nick said, has the baseline of software and features to make something like the Vision Pro, but it will have to charge more than it did on a headset that was already considered overpriced by people and it won't have the software it needs. So that's sort of the, the rock and a hard place situation that Meta is in. Um, but the, the good thing for Meta is that it's selling the Quest 3, which does have mixed reality and a more gaming focus, and it costs one-seventh of the Vision Pro. 
So even if it's going to have problems with productivity, it still has the the edge in gaming because even if Apple technically does Unreal, I think the headset is mainly focused on Unity. It's I don't think it does OpenXR, so porting games over to it is not going to be as simple as it is to port games to the PSVR 2. I think that Apple has always had a weak point when it comes to gaming, which is why, you know, their big gaming announcement was, De- was Death Stranding at WWDC, which, you know, I love Hideo Kojima, but that's not the most relevant game. They didn't do Diablo 4 or anything like that. So, <laughs> My God, Michael, you're so unhinged. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love it, though. <laughs> I, I didn't think I was unhinged. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well no just because you're like well they didn't create diablo 4 <laughs> it's, it's so great i love it i was channeling jerry since he's not here i'm pretty sure that's what yes. he said in the chat <laughs> yes yeah that's true but yeah so meta has its issues so i'll go on to the google stuff next but please go ahead. yeah and with, and with that point with meta like it's interesting that you say that too because when i was asking this friend about you know, the Vision Pro, one of his responses was, um, you know, because I mentioned the Quest and, you know, these other products, and he's like, yes, the affordability of these other handsets is obviously an appeal, but for me, however, I personally do not like Facebook or Meta, and I don't like that. Mm -hmm. He was like, I don't like that you have to, like, need a Facebook account or whatever to use these products, and um, But you don't. Right, right, and I corrected him. I was like, by the way, that's no longer the case. Um, which again, he didn't know because, you know, I feel like, you know, the Apple people kind of just didn't really care up until now. Um, so, so yeah, it, it is, you know, to your point, meta does have this reputation and it's not really a good one. So it, you know, I feel like it'll make it harder for them compared to Apple, which has like this cult like situation going on. Uh, Nick, any thoughts before I move on to the Google stuff? Go for it. Okay. So yeah, so with Google and Samsung, I, you know, once again, I I spoke to two analysts and they had two very different perspectives, which I found interesting. Uh, Anshul, who gives us a lot of really good feedback, said essentially, Google and Samsung aren't competing with Apple. They're competing with Meta. What they're going to do is they are going to make a headset that is affordable and focused on gaming and open source, and it's going to have Android software, but it's not going to be as prosumer focused. It'll be like the Quest 3. It'll have mixed reality, but it's not going to try to be like a Android tablet for your face with Dex mode or like a Chromebook on your face, because that's just not its focus. And then the other person I spoke to said the exact opposite, and it said it's going to copy the Vision Pro so closely that Apple might consider suing them. <laughs> Essentially, they're going to just make a slightly cheaper version of it with Android software. That's excellent. And so, so we'll, we'll, uh, what was it? Was it the Galaxy S2 or was it the S1? Yeah, that's what he brought up. He said, Remember that time that <laughs> Apple sued Google and Samsung for copying them with the Galaxy? It's going to be like that with the Vision oh, Pro. That is funny. So, I don't know who's so right because intelligent minds are differing on this, and Google is not, there's been no leaks about this headset. I, so, I'm, I'm very curious yeah. what you all think they should do. Uh, whether they should go the prosumer or the gaming consumer route. Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to interject go. and just give my business perspective. Um, I think if Google wanted to make more money, which I mean, <laughs> does it need to make more money? Um, and Samsung for that matter too. I think they should take the meta route because mainly because of what investors have said about a product like the Quest Pro and how, you know, Meta has been losing interest from investors for creating a product like that. And I don't know if Apple will be able to convince investors enough. Like, I I was talking to someone about this And I was like, maybe Apple can do this because Apple is Apple. Apple is so good at creating a product that it knows it won't fail. And and maybe they they become successful. But I I just have a feeling that like from the business standpoint, I think I think Google and Samsung should take the meta route, in my opinion. That's all I have to say. Nick, you're the expert. You say (laughs) what you need to say. I think 
if we're going to talk about just general advantages here, I think Meta has a huge advantage here in the patent standpoint, right? And that's that's where Google and Samsung are going to have to be very careful because if they try to just ape the Vision Pro and make a, a blind carbon copy of the thing, I think they're going to fail for several reasons. Um, while Google has shown that it can actually create an ecosystem of products, right? Like, I would say the Pixel ecosystem has gotten pretty good. Um, the the watch works well, the phones work well, Chrome works well with Android stuff. Like, they're 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 finally getting there and having these things work together in a way that feels more cohesive and less janky, right? Um, so I think they need to play into those strengths because Meta does not have the ecosystem that either Apple or Google or Samsung have. So Meta's got the patents. The other guys have the ecosystem. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I was going to say too, like I really think Google, like I would like something more, I guess, gaming focused, more entertainment focused, um, but Google really needs to leverage on the ecosystem, especially if they're working with Samsung, because that's really been Samsung's focus with One UI. And like, I don't know, just, I'm just seeing in my head, like, you know, I'm in the VR headset playing a game or something. And, you know, I get, I get a, a text on my phone, but it like pops up as like a little thing in the VR headset. Um, I don't know, just like something like that, you know, like I, like Google just really needs to lean into just, the ecosystem of it all so, so the best you can do that on a quest right now by the way i'll be really honest though like i was pretty but but i, I mean that was just like a very low level example i, I know but th this is what i'm talking about too is like a lot of this stuff i feel like meta has already thrown this at the wall and nobody even knew it was there because there's so much stuff on the wall they can't see the individual pieces right right and again, but, but again that was like really low level but just like sure. you know yeah but, no, i get it i get it yeah i just i i think i i think to be very honest and like you know i think apple products are pretty cool i like them a lot i'm actually pretty I'm kind of disappointed with this product. Like, to be honest, I really don't care about it being a productivity tool. Like, I just don't. If I have always been very excited and interested in VR gaming, I was, I've just been very nervous about it because, you know, Nick, we've talked about this before. Like, it, VR has made me feel like nauseous and like I don't like how it my head feels spinny and stuff. But like you've mentioned how they've really gotten better at at helping users who feel like that you know with the with the different with quest and whatever and i was like really looking forward to something like that without from apple like i don't know why i'm so kind of like low-key disappointed i get that because like with the with the quest pro like it sounded so exciting at first and then when and then when i learned that like you know it was so expensive and it was like a prosumer thing i immediately lost interest Quest pro was a weird product because i loved the form factor change i prefer it over the quest 2 by a mile right the the lenses the actual shape of the headset i love it um but yeah so many other things are just super disappointing about that um to your point shruti about nausea um, that R1 chip in the Vision Pro is specifically there to address that. And it does it by right. doing something that nobody else has really gone deep into, and that's addressing latency. Mm. Um, and it, this is this is like our PWM display flicker thing. Like there's there's a lot of these little parts of technology that get overlooked because we're so busy looking at other parts of you know, how good the display looks, how how nice the resolution is, how are the lenses and all that. And they, I feel like they did a good job of going down and going, what is the actual root of this problem? And a lot of it is down to latency. And that's why when you have a VR headset, like a Quest, you can't use Bluetooth headphones because the latency between your headset and that Bluetooth headphone is in the double digits. We're talking like 50, you know, something like that milliseconds. And that will actually make the brain nauseous because when you see something and don't hear that sound, when you see it, it's weird. Your brain's not its not supposed to work like that in reality. And so your brain automatically goes, whoa, this is weird. I'm rejecting this. 
and you feel like crap. Mm, mm, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. Yep. About this product and um <clears throat> maybe Apple comes up with another device that's in line with the Quest 2 and the the eventual Quest 3 that that's going to come out. We will find out. But um so I want to um not talk about Apple uh and move gears to Motorola. Switch gears, not move. Who says move gears? That doesn't make sense. Switch gears. Switch. Then we turn the gears with our hands. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're gonna switch gears and talk about Motorola. Um, it's such an interesting year for Motorola. Like it truly is. From boy, is it ever? Yeah, from from the articles that Nick has put out to now the two articles that Derek has written. One is a hands-on, one is a review. The review is not that great, but, you know, it's fine. We'll get to that in a second. But (laughs) (laughs) in general, in general, it seems like Motorola is getting its mojo back, which is, like, really exciting to see. So we're going to start off with uh, your hands-on, Derek. You wrote Motorola Razor plus hands-on, a return to form. And then your strap line is, damn, Moto, back at it again with the Razor. <laughs> um, and, and you actually got to go to New York to play with this phone. So tell us about your experience in New York and tell us about this hands-on. Uh, so New York was great. Um, I haven't been in many years, so um, it was nice to be back, um, you know, meeting colleagues and just meeting a lot of people who I've really looked up to in this industry. Um, but as far as, like, the... so. And we had a hands-on um, with the device uh, right before it launched, and um, I will say, like, it just this phone felt so good to like hold. Um, like, it was just very solid. It was like I don't know. Like when you look at it, it's like kind of like shy. It's just it's uh, I can't. It's almost hard to describe because this is a really nice phone. Um, like Motorola did a very good job with it. It has this gorgeous, um, huge external display. It's three or 3.6 inches. Um, it's almost a perfect square. And essentially, Motorola, it, it almost like acts like a second screen for the... It literally is a second screen for the phone, but it's like you can pretty much do anything, and Motorola wants you to really use this screen. Like they're really focusing on this screen. Like you can play games on it, you can open apps on it, you can check your notifications, you can respond to texts on it and emails. Like you can do nearly everything with just the external screen. Um, and then when you open it, I mean, it's pretty much like a normal smartphone, uh, just with the, um, you know, a folding display. Um, and, you know, a lot of the things that they did here, too, um, are similar to, like, what you've seen with, like, the Galaxy Z Flip 4, uh, or as Shruti would say, the Z Flip 4. Um, <laughs> I love it. Uh, um, so, like, you know, the phone can, um, like, when you, you can uh, open it, like, halfway, so it'll, like, stand up on its own. And um, with this, like, you can like record, you know, your TikTok videos or your Instagram reels or whatever, you know, without needing a separate like uh, tripod or something like that. So Motorola is really leaning on the social features that you can use um, with this form factor, which is again, what Samsung has done. Um, but now that, uh, now that Motorola has this larger outer screen, like you can use a lot of these apps on just that larger screen so you can like tent up the phone and just have it recording that way um and it's i'm i'm thoroughly impressed with this phone um like i can't like a really nice phone yeah it really it really does i cannot state this enough and the fact that like the display itself i think is the fastest like refresh rate i've seen on a foldable it's 165 hertz Yes. Um, and then the out the outer display, and honestly, I think this is overkill for <laughs> the cover screen, but it's 144 hertz, um, which I'm just like really Motorola. Like I like it could have been 90, I, and that would have been it. fine. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, Nick needs it for sure. <laughs> Here's so I I will interject with this, um, and 
I, I want to get you a light meter just so you can measure these because shipping me the phone and then shipping it back to you is not cost effective. Uh, <laughs> but these use POLEDs, which Motorola won't tell me LG manufactures them, but far as I know, POLED is a trademark of LG. So I'm 99% sure these are LG displays, okay? And no, no LG... Wonder, what? No wonder uh, Derek is obsessed with this phone. <laughs> Look, I'm going to tell you what right now, okay? LG makes the best OLEDs on Earth. Uh, they don't make me sick. They look good, okay? So I've been very happy with Motorola's use of these POLEDs and the fact that this is another you know, 144 or 165 hertz PO LED on a phone from them tells me that I will be able to use this without wanting to throw up immediately. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. but like the outer display, I don't think needs to be 144 hertz. Like 90 hertz would be fine. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> now, are there options in there to adjust that? I don't know. If um, I actually didn't that. see. Um, I think once I get the phone for review, um, which yeah. hopefully will be soon, and I've been like literally. Like yes. refreshing Which my, my color FedEx. Are you getting? Which um, color I don't are you know. Thinking? I signed up for the red. So Motorola has three yeah. different Ew, colors for Derek, this phone. Derek, the red, really? Heck yeah, okay. red. Well, okay. So Motorola no, has three different colors. The blue, the blue um, is way nicer. Yeah. So Motorola has the black. Uh, they have like a light blue, which is okay. I'm not mad at it. I'm just you it's know. It's a pretty blue though. It, it's a nice blue. I just wish it was like more um like a little darker like not as like pastel as it is um, okay you know what after looking at your hands-on pictures i will retract what i said the red does look <laughs> yeah and, and the red i like because and i think like you know the one of the last lg phones i owned was the lg g8 and i like specifically went to get the red one because it just stands out so much um and it was like Wait, a crimson. i'm confused sorry That's i need fair. i need you to clarify something uh -huh. i'm looking at your article and i see are these cases like the purple the purple one is that a no case that's or is that that's a the phone? separate razor oh because okay, remember mind. there's two razors so um right, right now right, we're right, right. mainly just talking about the razor plus um, right or okay. in other uh, international internationally it's the razor 40 uh, yeah. ultra the other one's the cheaper um, one. Yeah, but the Razer Plus um, has the red, which I think just stands out a lot more. Um, it's a little more pink-ish than I would like, but I still, like, it just, I just think it, it'll really make a statement. And that's what I want when I'm using this phone. I want people to notice it. Um, I want people to ask me about it. Um, so yeah, I signed up for the red. Hopefully, I get the red, but we'll see because I'm, I'm sure everyone's red, gonna ask for it. Is the red like a red product, or is it just like no? A red... I wish it was, but um, yeah, it's just so it's it's actually a color. It's Viva Magenta, and it's exclusive in the U.S. to T-Mobile and also Motorola.com. <laughs> and yeah, because well, and, and I like that because I mean T-Mobile, you know, the magenta you carrier. Like because you're part, you're with T-Mobile. I am. That's why you're happy. But it makes sense because T-Mobile's the magenta carrier. So T-Mobile's like, magenta. <laughs> Fair, fair. So, okay, I wanna, I wanna, um, I wanna talk about your other Motorola article because you are obviously very excited about this, Nick. You're very excited about Motorola. You know. Moto, oh, I don't, I don't care about the next phone. I wanted to ask two more questions about the Razer. <laughs> okay, you okay? Ask ask your two questions, and then we'll 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 wrap up with the last one, and we'll keep that one quick. Because all right, all right. So it's very clear question, that no one cares. <laughs> yeah, first question's on the cover display. Um, I'm looking at this Vivo X Flip I got in my hands, which has a bigger cover display than Samsung's previous flip phones. Do you find the larger cover display more useful on the Razer, or is it just kind of nonsense wasted space? No, like it's like, I'm, so one thing I feel like I'm gonna end up doing is seeing just like, if I can just go through an entire day just using the cover screen, because like, like I said, Motorola really wants you to use this thing. Um, like you can do almost anything you, you want to on this cover screen. Like apps obviously are gonna scale a little weirdly on it. Um, so I'm curious, like, I, and I haven't really played around with it too much. I've used like Google Maps and it seemed to work fairly fine. Yeah. Um, and I've used some games and some other things. So like, I, I really wanna see if that's something that I can do. Um, but it seems, again, like because you can do just about anything, like it seems very useful. Um, yeah. not like, you know, it, it's not limited to just like widgets, which Motorola also has, um, they're called panels. Um, 
but again you can you you can have that and then you can have just like so much more yeah um, it, on it, the, an entire app running on there without having to right. download something and enable it right right and then like you can like when you're using an app on the regular display and you close it you'll Motorola will pop up a little option to say do you want to continue using this app and if you click it it'll just open on the cover screen which I love um, but um, on the smaller Razer so there's also the, there's a Razer Plus which you've been talking about and then there's the regular Razer which I lovingly call the Razer Minus and, um, <laughs> and it has the smaller display I think it's the same size as like what Samsung like Z Flip yeah. yeah the original Z Flip and that just has like widgets and things and um, I didn't play around with it too much but I will say that this phone is is very compelling in its own right even though this the outer display is smaller because the Razer Plus is being priced at 999 that's what Samsung prices the Z Flip 4 at this phone the Razer is going to be what Motorola says meaningfully cheaper um, I think that that was what I said. Um, I think, yeah. Uh, so I love that. Yes. Yeah. They like so, that word meaningful anyway. Yeah. But like, even if it is cheaper, like that's so great because Motorola is really playing to its strengths by offering a similar experience, but just more affordable. Um, and I feel like the, the regular Razer, which is launching who knows when in a couple months, I think, uh, Motorola hasn't said. Um, when they launch it, I think that it's going to be a really good, like, first foldable for a lot of people because it's going to be so much more affordable. And, and I'm guessing around, like, maybe $700, $800. Um, so we'll see. But it's it's really exciting. And I really like what Motorola is doing. We're here. very excited and happy about that, too. Um, do we want to talk about your review or do we want to talk about that Pixel Watch thing that was left in the car? I'm literally making a last minute decision and people listening. This is. Wait, what is this? I didn't even see this. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that because both of us both of us poked our ears up. <laughs> All right, I'm, for those listening, this is happening in real time, guys. Okay, I've sent you guys the article. Let's do it. This is the exciting part. So essentially, three days ago, um, Jay, one of our news writers, we're completely switching gears. We originally had um, we were going to talk about the Moto G 5G 2023 review. Good enough, but a little redundant. We're not going to talk about it because it's it's redundant. <laughs> no, it's, it's 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 an okay phone if you're looking for something cheap in five G. That's all you need to know. Yeah. So and Derek did the review. Trust him. He he knows what he's talking about. Let's talk about this other thing that's more interesting. <laughs> I, I I just remember what you're talking about now. I haven't I haven't read it, but I, I I've seen okay. it. Okay. So uh, yeah. So Jay, one of our news writers, he wrote this article. It's a news article. It's called a pixel watch was left in a car all day. And this is what happened next. Um, so essentially a pixel watch was left for, for hours inside a car during a hot summer day, automatically turned itself off. Google's advisory page cautions against leaving the smartwatch on a car dashboard or near a heating vent as this may damage the device. The safe temperature range for devices between minus four degrees Fahrenheit and 113 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, I mean, obviously, this isn't like super uncommon. I mean, everyone knows don't leave your device in the heat, even, you know, phones, whatever it may be. It can overheat. It can damage your electronic devices. Um, So essentially, this is what happened after the Pixel Watch owner left their smartwatch inside a car all day in the sun. It turns out the device can automatically turn itself off when the, the ambient temperature exceeds its safe limits. The owner has shared a screenshot of the watch's notification after it restarted. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, why did I pick this article? Is this interesting? Do we care about this? <laughs> Is this a big deal? I, I actually thought you were going to talk about the one where the back fell off. Oh, should we talk about that one, instead but... as well? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, you know, I'm actually surprised that leaving it in a car didn't cause the back to fall off because I've seen on Reddit. I think we probably wrote about it. Where the you know somebody was working out a lot and I guess their body heat plus sweat plus who the heck knows what ended up popping the back off of the the Pixel Watch the the glue came loose. Right. Um, right. I did not read that either. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, it reminds me. It reminds me of like the the older fossil smartwatches, where the like the the charging pin or the charging rings would like sort of come off. For a okay, lot of so let, let me just let me let me um, brief everyone. Okay, so again, article uh, is called Google Pixel Watches Back is Falling Off and Causing Major Frustrations. Uh, users have reported the back panel of their Pixel Watch is randomly falling off without any damage done to the device. Reports state the watch has not gotten wet, nor has it fallen. Uh, has it fallen, which could point towards a problem with the product's adhesive. Google has yet to acknowledge this problem. However, this isn't the first time a frustrating hardware problem has occurred. Again, also, I would have assumed that the backing would have come off if the person had left it in the car and heat was there. I mean, adhesive, I'm assuming all of that would have contributed to this. But this is rather weird. Have you seen more reports of this, Nick? Because, I mean, I don't know. This is just, just seems weird to me. I've seen a handful um, but it doesn't seem to be widespread. So it, it it's a problem to some degree, but I'm not sure how big of a problem. Can I just say it's so I funny how we're worried about this? I mean, yeah, it's just funny how we're just jumping from Pixel Watch article to Pixel Watch. So article. essentially, like. <laughs> We just went through like two different articles and none of us care about it. That's great. I care. I have a oh, thought. <laughs> well, tell us your thought, okay, please. So here's here's my thought here. I don't care about a, a, a watch burning, like if it turns off because it's 110 degrees in a car. That's normal to me. Phones get hot when you're just using them in the sun. This, yeah, that's fine. If Google's watches are falling apart because you're sweating too much, that's bad because this is supposed to be the successor to Fitbit. You know, Fitbit, all the Fitbit features are getting pushed into the Pixel Watch. And people are supposed to use this as their, their daily workout device. And if it gets too hot, then the glue comes off or the, the screws come out. That's not great. And the fact that Google has already had problems with its phones kind of falling apart and now its watches are falling apart... It, it looks a little bad. I know this is just isolated incidents. I don't want to be, you know, being right too hard on them for small examples. But I, I do want to keep an eye on this because if I want to recommend this as a fitness smartwatch, but you can't sweat too much or use it in the sun, it's not great. <laughs> yeah, because you're not the first person to point out that, you know, Google has had some hardware problems. And uh, yeah, know. right. Yeah, and so it is. It is problematic if it's happening to the Pixel Watch. It's almost. It's also kind of really embarrassing because, like, the purpose of smartwatches is fitness related. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a sweaty gal, and you're. If I'm wearing a fitness watch, like I should, that watch should be able to sustain my sweat. You know, like yes, it just doesn't make sense to me that that would be. I I wonder if that's just like a, a, a small bash of defected watches um, when manufacturing took place. Because, you know, I, I mean, and if Jerry was here, he would mention it like companies, they'll they'll test a small batch of products and then, you know, they'll send it out. And that's and then it gets like, um, you know, released to the public. And sometimes some products get untested or they're they're not fully paid attention to. So I wonder if this is like a very, very small number of ba- like devices that that are undergoing this issue but but still it's not a good look i know google this is supposed to be your glow up era it's starting to turn into your flop <laughs> oh, era oh my get God. it together <laughs> oh, it's giving flop <laughs> anyways um Uh, (laughs) whatever you know what i make myself laugh and that's good enough oh my god uh michael were you gonna say something no that that was my main thought i just you know this is just making me glad i'm using i'm just testing one garmin watch after another and none of them have ever fallen apart on garmin's clearly doing something right (laughs) okay well on that note um (laughs) You know, some some weeks are just an interesting week, guys. We just have we have crazy days and we have days where everything's organized. And today is just one of those crazy days. All right. Well, on that note, um, let's talk about the things that made us happy this past week. What made you happy this past week? I'll go first. Uh, Obviously, 
the razor it's just such a pretty phone okay but you can't you can't you can't it can't be work related dude that that's the whole point of what makes you happy this past week i don't care it's what made me happy because it's all i've been doing is work so (laughs) all Derek has in his life yes and and i like even outside of work i'm like constantly talking about this phone uh, like well, that's everyone. good. At least you're really so, excited about um, it. That, that's that's always a good thing. But yeah, like I'm yeah. excited. There you go. Yeah, I'm super excited, and I hopefully, fingers crossed, will be getting the phone tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, I'm very, very, very happy about this phone. Good. And, well, yeah. we're happy that you're happy. Okay, who wants to go next? Uh, I flew across the country to Buffalo for one of my best friend's weddings, uh, and. I just it was just a beautiful ceremony. Uh I was the co-mate of honor and you know she just it was just a wonderful time. There was a bunch of nerdy there was something called guest quest that was related to all of her favorite nerdy TV shows Aww. and Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. And there was <laughs> sword so fighting. Cute. There was yeah, dancing and it was just a lot of fun. And the main thing was it happened right before all these fires started. Yeah. So I'm just glad that we yeah. could all breathe during the ceremony and got back home yeah. before it started. So that's, that's something, always to, be thankful something for. to be thankful for. Uh, Nick, your turn. Well, not to rub it in anyone's face, but the weather oh, around God. here has been really nice lately. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> it's really, I, I'm like, oh, sorry. So it's made me happy lately. So uh, it's, it's not, it's not saying my weather is better than yours. I'm just saying it's been an incredible June and it's been like in the sixties and seventies and the humidity hasn't hit here yet. And, my gosh, it's been a great summer. And we've had <laughs> quite a bit of time outdoors lately. I had Monday off, and we went out to my the cabin my in-laws are staying at um, over in like Grandfather Mountain area. And then we did like a family bike ride at Biltmore a couple days ago. And like it's just, it's been friggin' it's great. Thanks for rubbing for it. Thanks <laughs> for like rubbing it into me. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. No problem. It'll probably get nicer there again. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, soonish. Well, you know, obviously, aside from the unfortunate weather that Toronto, I mean, we're lucky it's not as bad as it is in, you know, New York or um, Quebec or, you know, Newfoundland and all those places where people have had to evacuate in Ottawa. And so we're I'm obviously very thankful for that. but no, the weather is not that great here. <laughs> it sucks. But that's that's besides the point. Uh, what made me happy this past week? I mean, I don't know. A few things. I mean, I always say a few things every week. I think the first is um, I mentioned it in, I think, last, two weeks ago. Um, I'm going to mention it again. Um, three people from our team, uh, Nick, me and Andrew have a, a group chat and we talk about Zelda uh, Tears of the Kingdom. And I it's, it's really cute. It's really cute because I am I am not a big gamer like I'm, I'm not. I, I'm very much of a novice gamer and it's really cute. It, it brought back me a, a really sweet memory from high school. And I'm going to I'm going to I have to bring it up because it really did bring up this memory. So in high school, we had to do credits where we would, you know, had to complete all these things like English and science and P.E., whatever it was. And I the because I hate P.E., um, even though I did competitive swimming as a kid. But anyways, side note, whatever. Um, I left my P.E. credit until grade 12, like the idiot that I was. And so when I did P.E. in grade 12, it was every every freshman like everyone was in grade nine and then there was like me and two other guys who were in grade 12 and the other two guys were jocks and I was just there and I was like oh my gosh no one's gonna pick me I feel I don't know what's gonna happen and the two jocks would always pick me for every team whenever they like had teams and it just felt really great and I was like oh my gosh I feel like I'm I'm part of the team and that's kind of how I feel in this group chat like Nick and Andrew are obviously like amazing gamers, but I, they never make me feel like I'm, I'm any less. And it, it, it's really sweet. It made me, it makes me really happy to be a part of that group. So that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. Plus I don't think either of us build crazy machines. In the game, so, you know. For sure. 
there's, there's no mechs being built over in the Sutric household. That's fine. I'm just judging all of you anyways. I know, I know. But yeah. The only reason I'm judging you is because you're not playing this game. What's wrong with you? Uh, yeah, I don't know why you're not playing it, Derek. Like... <laughs> I only I I only play Pokemon on Nintendo oh, hardware. Well, That's it. No wonder. Yeah, it's a shame. For shame. Yeah, time, time to, change, time to that. change that. Um, and <laughs> the only other thing that um, well, no, there's a lot of things that made me happy. But the other thing that made me happy is um, I am reading this book. The book doesn't make me happy at all. It's actually very gruesome. <laughs> it's it's a very very disturbing book, and I actually am going to refrain from saying the title on here because I think. Um, I don't I just don't want to cause any issues. But what makes me happy about the book is that there's a lot of like underlying themes in it and reading about it. I just I love reading a book where you get a lot of underlying themes and it relates to society and it relates to the things that are happening around you. And um, I always love that. I love when you get to experience that when you're reading. So those are the two main things that made me really happy this past week. And um, yeah. So on that note, um, and hopefully my voice has been not sounding like I'm broadcasting from a bathroom this entire episode. <laughs> Hopefully, not. Hopefully not. On that note, wherever you're listening to us, whether it's in the morning, afternoon, or night, we are so grateful and thankful that you have taken the time to listen to us. Thank you so much. And we will catch you guys hopefully next week. Bye.